G'day friends, welcome back. Oh my god, what an absolutely insane weekend of footy. They're probably the most controversial umpire call. Oh, it'd be up there as one of, you know, ever. I can't think of one off the top of my head that's been more catastrophic to the integrity of a season. Um, you've, <laughs> we've got what happened with the Bulldogs. we got Gold Coast having a new coach. We, we had a, a retiring superstar assaulted after a game. There is heaps going on. Let's get into it. Let's start off with the Dogs and the Eagles from Sunday. This was not even meant to be close to the most interesting game of the round, but guess what? <laughs> but guess what? So, after what happened on Saturday night, so obviously I'm a very happy Saints fan at the moment. After what happened on Saturday night, Saints fans are like, all right, we're probably in. We just need like one of these like six things to happen. Like, you know, the Dogs lose to Geelong next week, or, you know, Sydney lose to Melbourne, Giants lose to Carlton, just any one of these, like, bunch of things. And one of them was dogs lose to the Eagles, but, like, oh, we can ignore that. That won't happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> what the utter fuck has happened to the Bulldogs? What is going on? Um, Bevo has to be gone. He's going to be gone. When, once you've lost... Ooh, once you've lost the players, which he clearly has... He has so clearly completely lost the group, it's over, right? Once you haven't got the players, it's fucking over, right? That they, like, they, they've got a very, very good list. They've got a really good list. They don't want for much at all. Like, I, I, I don't know how great their depth is, um, but God, their, their top 10 players or their top 15 players are fantastic. They've got a very, very good team. Lots of All-Australians in there. Um, still got a lot of their premiership players from 2016. They've got an, an excellent team that should be top four, if not very, very close to top four, right? And they're just playing horrendous football. Horrendous. Like, like the Eagles... Are the worst team we've ever seen. The worst team ever. And the dogs just let them do whatever they wanted. Oh, Tim Kelly's having a huge night. Oh, we'll just let him do whatever. Don't worry about it. He'll just, he can just keep, you know, just dominating and lacing out Jamie Cripps every time. Jamie Cripps has kicked two. Oh, he's kicked three. He's kicked four goals. We're not going to do anything to try and stop what he's doing. Jeremy McGovern's playing fantastic football, um, which is remarkable given he's played five games in the last five years. He's injured all the time. Um, no, we're not going to do anything to stop him either. We're just going to try and win this game because we've got lots of good players. But we're a team of superstars, not a superstar team, as they say. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can't blame the Dogs players at all because all their good players have continued to play well. English and Bontempelli, and Libba wasn't playing this week, but Libba, you know, Dale, Bailey Smith has been heavily criticised, but he, he's been a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Jamar has had an amazing year. Um, Norton's had an okay year, not great by his standards, but still been okay. Liam Jones, who they've brought back to be like their rock down back, he's 33 years of age. He's still been playing quite well. Ed Richards has been good. You know, there's nothing wrong with how the players are going about it, but the coaching is an absolute joke. It is a joke. 
I, you know, and classic, you know, what happens every time the club has come out and said, no, no, we support Bevo. He's got a two, he's got two years on a contract, blah, 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 blah. That does not, that doesn't mean a fucking solitary thing. It means nothing, right? I said last week that, you know, in the first half of next year, that Bevo was going to be under an enormous amount of pressure. And if he messed up at all, he'd be gone. I think he's going to be gone before trade period of this year. I, I think he's in so much trouble. I think he's in so much trouble. It doesn't matter what happens this weekend, whether they make finals or not, he's in an enormous amount of trouble. The best thing for the club, without question, is for them to miss finals. Because then they'll seriously have a look at what's going on and they'll get rid of this useless coach that they've got. Um, oh, it was unbelievable, but well done, Eagles. What a what a well-earned victory after just the, the worst two years ever. Horrible couple of years for the Eagles. I mentioned they're great players already. Kelly had a, had a blinder. Uh, McGovern, he has not played much footy at all in the last few years. He was fantastic. Cripps, um, all, the, all the Saints media was thanks St Kilda superstar Jamie Cripps for locking our spot in the finals. He played like 15 games for St Kilda before he went to the Eagles. Um, so that was kind of funny, but he was fantastic. He couldn't miss. His kicking for goal was fantastic. Not easy ones either, like... 40 metres out on an angle here, you know, just really, really good kicking in front of goal. So Adam Simpson, right? So he's probably getting sacked and he probably knows that he's probably getting sacked. I love the idea. I love it so much that he's known for at least a week that he's getting, that he's going to get the sack. So he goes, right, I'm going to coach the house down on the weekend, we're going to beat the dogs and this team that's fucking me is going to lose the number one draft pick. <laughs> did he do this? Did, did he just find a way? Did him and the playing group together find a way to stick it to the, <laughs> stick it to the board and go, nah, you're finishing second last. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know, but I think that's a really funny idea. I, I don't think they should sack him. I don't think they should. This is an unbelievable coaching performance. It's seriously impressive. Just it just like he is a he is an excellent coach. He is an excellent coach. I think give him another 12 games. Right? Just see what happens in in the first half of next year and if it's more of the same, come to the bye and sack him. Right? Do it then. But god, he's shown that the 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 difference in player buy-in between the Dogs and the Eagles couldn't be bigger, right? Bevo, it was so obvious he's completely lost his players, right? Adam Simpson, his players were 100% in on this game. Some of these kids who have played like three games all the way up to your McGovern's and your Kelly's who are very experienced, just 100% buy-in from all of his boys, it's like no, like, and as the game went on, as the, you know, they sort of stayed a little bit in front early on. Dogs got the lead, sort of around three quarter time, and then they fought back. They stayed in the game the whole way. They believed that they could win the whole way. Uh, like I, I don't think it's wise to sack a coach that can bring a result like that out of that a playing group like that. Just, just see. Just get like, you know, still start your rebuild. They already have. They've got, they've got the three big retirees. They're going to go big in the draft. Um, they're already going to start their rebuild. You know, what difference does it make if, you know, who the, who the coach is in this period? Seriously, what difference does it make? Because um, they're, you know, they're going to be four years away probably from being a like a weekly competitive team, you'd think. Depends on how well they draft and a few other things. So yeah, why wouldn't they just you know keep him on? And, you know, and if if that is what he's done, if he is if he has just given them the the middle finger, then they can give it right back to him and keep him on, <laughs> and and he can go into next year without the number one draft pick. So I don't know, it's fascinating, um, and yeah, it had big ramifications. So it locked in 
St Kilda and Sydney's finals berths, which was really exciting. I did not think that St Kilda fans were going to know on Sunday that they were definitely playing finals. I thought it was going to come next week. So I was barracking hard for the Eagles in that last quarter. Oh, anyway, well done, Eagles and Dogs. You are in a world of trouble. World of trouble. All right. Let's all right, let's talk about the goal or the not goal in the Crows and Swans game. Are they gonna fix it now? Like sure. Oh, it's embarrassing sometimes following this sport. Because the AFL is a joke of an organization. To be an organization of this size and just operate the way they operate, it is a joke. It is a joke, right? We're coming up on 12 months now without a GM of football. Without someone who oversees exactly this kind of thing. A year. How they haven't filled this role. Like, why the fuck haven't they filled this role? Fucking grab someone off the street and just, please, can you just do this? Until we find a real person. <laughs> Can someone please just be in charge of this for five fucking minutes? So that, oh my God. Oh my God. So look, we all know what happened. We've all seen it. We've all, we can, you, you can see that it's a goal. I love that the, on 360 last night, the best footage that there is of the goal is from someone's phone sitting in the cheer squad. I think that's hilarious. Um, they have to fix this. They have to. This isn't dissent. This isn't, you know, any of the other rules that are imperfect in our game. This is affecting the integrity of the sport. We now have a final series that is tainted because it's wrong. Whatever happens, it's wrong, you know, and it, same thing happened last week. Slightly different circumstances. But Melbourne should have beaten Carlton. Because Petrarca kicked that goal. Now, this was not umpire error. This was not human error. The system actually worked the way it's supposed to work. The system just isn't good enough in that case. The cameras couldn't show definitively or definitively enough that it was a goal to overturn the umpire's decision. Right? Um but this this week is just everything going wrong. Everything. How the umpire, first of all, makes the call that he makes is wild because he's in the perfect position. He does everything right. He's right behind the post as the ball's coming down past it, right? How from there he can say that it's hit the hit the post, I don't know. But yeah, he's made a mistake, okay? But then he makes the mistake with 100% confidence. Not even thinking, oh, maybe I'll check. Because all the Crows fans are going berserk, right? They've all just seen it be a goal. Ben Keyes from 50 meters away has just seen it be a goal. Maybe I'll double check. This is a really important game. Nah, off they go. Play on. Play on. And and there is any number of things that could be introduced that could, that could fix this in the future, right? The first thing we need is better cameras. Slow-mo camera technology will fix this, right? So that they can do a review and we will know that we'll be able to tell whether or not it's hit the post, yeah? The 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 stuff with the arc, no, sorry, the, the edge is flawed, right? Because, because you can see on the footage, Callum Mills, very clever. He whacks the post as the ball goes by. There's no way of knowing... Uh, if what edge picks up is ball or not. So it's flawed, right? Slow motion cameras are the way to go. Another thing they could introduce, right? A lot of different ideas being thrown around. I like what Joey said on first crack on Sunday night. Review everything, right? Everything gets reviewed. If it's a behind, let play continue while we review it. It'll only take 20 seconds to review it, right? If we review it and it comes back as, oh, that was wrong. It's actually a goal. It just, the clock resets to the moment where the score was scored. Any possessions, anything that's happened in the interim while the review was happening, avoid. And you just take it back to the middle and you go from where you go from. That is an incredibly simple 
solution that we could implement right now. They won't implement it during a season for obvious reasons, but they could implement it round one next year and they don't have to do anything. They don't need to buy new cameras. They don't need to do anything, right? All they've got to be able to do is change the clock. Just wind it back. Oh, scary proposition. <laughs> Gee whiz, for, for this... For the AFL, this organization who loves to change things all the time, sometimes things that don't need changing at all, they are so resistant to fixing this enormous fucking problem. Another thing they could introduce, captain's challenge, like in cricket. I don't think that's a terrible idea either, right? Because it's it'd be for this exact situation, right? Jordan Dawson comes down, you know, he says, right, can we can we check? The, oh, I'm stopping this game. He runs over to the nearest umpire. He says, I want to stop the game. I want to challenge what's just happened. Let's say they can use it for anything. A free kick, a score review, whatever they feel like, right? They get one a game, two a game. Who cares? They can, they can come up with a number of challenges that they get per game, right? Probably just one, probably. Maybe two. Maybe two, maybe four, maybe one per quarter. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But that's another way that this would have been avoided. Oh, man. It's so frustrating. I can't imagine the, the, how shit you'd feel as a Crows fan. It'd be the work, like the fans, the club, the players, everyone would just be livid. And I'm terrified. Every other supporter should be terrified because this could happen to your team. It can happen to anybody. We've we've just seen it. Like two weeks in a row, it fucked... Thank God that both Melbourne and Carlton are locked into playing finals. Because the same thing could have happened last week. If Carlton had been like ninth... Sorry, I should say it the other way. If Melbourne had been, say, ninth and they get have that victory taken away from him then then like it'd be two weeks in a row of just fucked results you know it's not good there's no reason that it couldn't happen to any other team at any point for the rest of the year there's there's 18 games of football to go for the year and two of the last 18 have been fucked by this stupid score review system that even when we do bring it into action, oftentimes it isn't good enough. But it, oh, just Jesus Christ, it's so frustrating that the AFL just lets this shit just, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, it was wrong. Like, poor Gil. I feel really bad for Gil because the reason the AFL's fallen in a fucking heap is because he wanted to retire fucking two years ago. He, he announced he was retiring in March of last year. He's like, I'm done now. <laughs> Please, can I go home? I just got us through COVID. Can I go home yet, please? I haven't seen my family in four years. <laughs> oh, my God. But it, no, because it took them another year and change to find a replacement for him. And it turns out they picked the guy who had the office next door. Fucking great work again. Oh, but they... Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Then, like the umpiring this year has been horrendous. It's been horrendous. And again, because there's no GM of football to be like, okay, here's what's going on with the umpiring. Now we back this decision that this one made. Like there's, there's no, oh man. Oh dear. Just, we just have to pray that there isn't another score review fucking calamity in the next 18 games and that they do something to just anything just try anything please to fix this fucking disaster uh, of a system that they've got anyway anyway um the game itself i don't know if sydney or adelaide were really great in this game that was a game of two halves you can look at the scoreworm and tells you that um like Sydney got out to a commanding lead, but then the fact that Adelaide were able to bring it back, you know, says that neither of them really, you know, Sydney are on a great run. They've what was six games in a row now, um, which is or seven games in a row now, including this one. I don't know, something like that. Um, 
But yeah, their second half was not good. Like, they're going to be playing finals. How much of a threat are they? I don't know. I wouldn't want to play them in the SCG. Um, that's for sure. But, you know, away from home, I don't know. I don't know. Adelaide are a good team. Um, but Sydney shouldn't have, like, allowed the margin to get back down to one point. <laughs> and, and, like, I mean, Adelaide won this game in every way, but officially. Um, so Sydney have got a bit to work on, I would say for sure. Um, Crows have got a pretty easy summer ahead. They, they know what they need to be working on first and foremost, and it's goal kicking. So this is the fifth game now, sixth game that's been a really close loss for them that would have been avoided if they could have kicked a little bit straighter in that last quarter when they were coming so hard, four goals, eight, Technically, five goals, seven. <laughs> but on the scoreboard, it says four goals, eight. Um, just, oh, just painful to see. Like, you know, you say, you know, did Sydney deserve, like, should they have lost that game? Should Adelaide have, should Adelaide have lost it? Because they were so much more dominant at the end of the game. They just couldn't convert which is, the I say it every week, it's the most important stat in football by a long way because it's 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 what determines the result. Disposals don't determine the result. Clearances, tackles, contested possessions, meters gained, nothing else determines the result. Your score determines the result. Um, so it is the most important thing to get right, for sure. Um, Sydney, Isaac Heaney is so interesting. Because I think for the rest of forever, they're going to try him in the midfield every now and then. That's not who he is. He is a forward. He was excellent up forward in this game. You know, he's he's not the same player as Buddy. Very different type of player. Um, but he can have the same level of impact in their forward 50 in terms of score involvements, kicking goals himself. He's a superstar. I think they need to look elsewhere for a big midfield ball because that's what they're sort of chasing since Josh Kennedy retired. They're looking for it. They need a bigger player. They've got a really excellent midfield, but they're all really small. They're not really, you know, they struggle to get in there and get some contested ball. Um, they need a they need a bull to just go in there and bash some people. Um, and I don't think it's Heaney. I think leave him in the forward line, go looking elsewhere for a big, tough midfielder would be my advice. Um, let's move on. But, but yeah, God, just please, AFL, please, Jesus Christ, fix this fucked up thing that you've put together, honestly. Um, so uh, after the St. Kilda game on Saturday, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about that game first. I can't wait to talk about that game first. But then, you know, the, the dogs in the... Well, actually, what happened moments after was the Crows... Swans result. And then the next day it was the Dogs and Eagles. I was like, fuck, I've got to talk about those first. Um, and then I was looking at a game that had already happened in the Giants and Essen. And I thought, no, I need to talk about that first as well. How are Essendon so pathetic? This was a chance to get back into the eight. They win this game and they're right back in it. My God, how, to to put up an insipid performance like that when a finals berth is on the line, 136 points. No, 126 points. Oh, like, it, this game was in Sydney, so it was going to be hard for Essendon to win anyway. If it had been in Melbourne, a lot of people probably would have tipped Essendon. Like, that's how sort of even this game was. Um, the Giants had been in better form, but Essendon were definitely a chance to be competitive in this game. 25 goals to five. Oh. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're better players. The players they rely on a lot, just weak as piss. Redman, an incredibly quiet game by his standards. Um, Draper was coming back into the side, very, very quiet. Martin, a player who they've relied on a lot this year, very quiet. Just, oh, I'd be so disappointed if I was an Essendon fan. So disappointed. Think back to, it was six or eight weeks ago when they beat Adelaide 
at Marvel, I think it was, and the way that they did it was like, gee whiz, look at this Essendon side. You know, they're going to make the eight and they might even win a final. I think that was my big call for that week, that Essendon were finally going to win a final. Nah, they're not even going to be there. There's still a mathematical possibility, um, but I think they need to beat Collingwood by 100 points on Friday night. Uh, and then they need Carlton to beat the Giants by a hundred points, and even that, I don't know. Will, if I don't even know if that will, and they need the Dogs to lose as well. I don't know if that will bridge the percentage, even those margins. Um, so they're completely out of it, oh, which is just unreal. This oh, they shouldn't have gone out like this. Just zero competitiveness, none, which is inexcusable when the stakes are what they are. Um, Jesse Hogan, Hogan the hero. <laughs> Nine goals that should have been more. Kept giving them off. He kept giving them away to other people. Oh, what, what, uh, what a fascinating career he's had. So his, his, the end of his time at Melbourne, he had a lot of personal struggles. Um, he had struggles on field, which continued over to Fremantle. He couldn't really shake... I think the really rough off-field experiences that he'd had um, in his few years at Fremantle. And then he comes to the Giants. He's had a couple of injury problems, but he's been pretty good overall. But as the Giants have grown this year, so has he. He's sort of, you know, being up in Sydney, you're well, well away from the limelight. But he is a superstar forward. He is an excellent player. Um and, you know, it, like, yeah, super interesting career, which is coming to the end of now. Like, how old would he be? Is he 30? Jesse Hogan, Australian rules. Oh, no, he's only 28. He's not as old as I thought he was. He's only 28, so he's probably got you know, four or five good years left. Um, he's still in his prime. It feels like he's been around forever because he's played so much football at so many clubs. Um but yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I thought Tom Green was fantastic. 40 touches and a goal. Um, he made, you know, like, you know, the Essendon mids who were always okay were okay again. But he made Merritt look a little bit silly. Like Merritt had 27, which is fine, but just nowhere near the impact on the game that Tom Green had. Um, and they, oh, shut up, phone. Shut up. Um, and yeah, the, they had the luxury to rest Toby Green. In this game as well, he ended up, I think he got subbed off, um, which is a great sign. If that's your tactical sub, I think you're doing pretty well. Um, so yeah, well well done to the Giants. Just get it done this week and you'll be in. Um, they will wait and see what happens with Geelong and the Bulldogs on Saturday. Um, I don't know what that result is going to be. Neither of those teams is doing very well at the moment. They could go either way, even though it's in Geelong. Um, Geelong win, they don't have to worry. They're in. If the Dogs win, they've got to beat the Blues. The Giants deserve to play finals. So I really, really hope they do. They deserve it a lot more than the fucking Bulldogs do, I'll tell you that. Um, had another retiree yesterday, Phil Davis. Um, one thing I'll say about Phil Davis, which I've always admired enormously, is how he played Buddy Franklin. The, the, the battles that they had in those Sydney derbies um, are legendary. And it, it, there was a few times where he did a really, really excellent job on Buddy. And I think that is a, a credit to the level of defender that he got to. You know, he spent time as the Giants captain. He's a young man. He's only 21 or something when he, when he went across from Adelaide to the Giants to start this new team that was going to lose heaps of games. And he stuck with them the whole way. It's a shame that his last few years have just been so... Injury riddled, but that does happen to some players, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he's he's a cool guy. He can he, can, he rocks that long hair in the in the glasses, um, and it's he's probably going to head into the media. It seems, um, which is cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, good player, cool guy. Alrighty, something I've been wanting to do for a couple of weeks, but I keep kind of forgetting that there are these AFL games that have been popping up. On Google, well, they're not like on Google, but you can just you Google them and you can play these AFL games. There's Gridley, there's Warple. So I thought it'd be fun on the pod to just play a little bit of Warple 
for today. So let's open this Warpool Legends. I think there's multiple footy grid games. I like to play Gridly because it's called Gridly. I think that's fun. So let's open up Warpool for today. First thing I always like to do is look at the silhouette just to see if from the silhouette alone, ooh, now. Mm. So the silhouette looks familiar to me. I'm feeling Brisbane for some reason. Let's just, because of the whole um, shirt off business on Friday night, let's just go Devin Robertson. It is. <laughs> I thought it was him. <laughs> I thought I recognized the hair and just the silhouette in general. It is Devin Robertson. So that wasn't very fun. I thought I'd have to do a little bit more work to get that correct. <laughs> Let's do Warple Legends. Show me this. See, the Warple Legends silhouettes, I, I can never get. They kind of, they look a little bit leaner. I'm just going to go Dustin Fletcher. I'm pretty sure it was Dustin Fletcher a few days ago. So no, this is very wrong. It shares no colors with the Essendon team. They're not a defender of any kind. They played for more than one team. They retired more recently in 2015. They're shorter than Fletcher. Uh, they play. They didn't. They played in less than two premierships. So there's only going to be one or none because we've got a yellow two here, and their number is less than 31, but close to 31. All right. Let's think of a more recent retiree. Let's just go totally random. Let's go Nick Rewalt. Rewalt. Okay. They are a key forward. They, I got to think of somebody who played in more than one team. Um, they still retired more recently than 2017. It's probably going to be 2018, given the 2015 was yellow and now the 2017 is yellow as well. They did play in zero premierships. So let's think 2018 retiree, key forward, no premierships, played in two, probably going to be two teams. Ah, uh, now what also helps me here, going for Rui, is that St Kilda have red, white, and black as their colours. And there's no common colours with this player's predominant team. Most teams in the AFL do have red or white or black. Let's try Carlton. Um... 28, oh, uh, 2018 retiree, key forward. Now, see, Carlton might be their main team, but they may not have finished up there. Oh, I got no idea. And the thing I think is hilarious about Warple Legends is because, like, some of these players are not legends at all. <laughs> like, it's like if you've played 200 games, even less, maybe. <laughs> like, you think it'd be you think they'd have a pretty like hard rule about who gets to be a legend. Like maybe if like if you've played three hundred plus games or you've played in a premiership or you're a Brownlow medalist, you know, something like that. But this is like basically any player who's who's played X number of games for their team. Like I got Hamish Hartlett in this the other day, who was a good player, but a legend, I don't think so. <laughs> like no premierships. I don't think he was ever an old Australian. Like I don't, he never won a port best in Ferris, like a legend. I don't know. Um, oh, let's think. Uh, Carl, I'm just going to, I'm just going to see if it is Carlton first. Let's just pick a random Carlton player. Let's go Heath Scotland. <laughs> okay. They did play for Carlton. All right. Yep. They did play for two teams. Key forward. Oh, it'll be Jared Waite. Jared Wait, yes. Yeah, he finished up at North Melbourne, that's why. Oh, I'm too good. All right, let's just give Gridley a quick go. Okay. Oh, they've got they've got right on the Hardwick <laughs> news. They've got a picture of Damien Hardwick in his Gold Coast polo <laughs> as one of the things. So on the X-axis, it starts off Gold Coast, coached by Damien Hardwick, and then Essendon on the Y-axis. It's Richmond, Captain, and then best and fairest for club. So I don't think I'll do all this. It's going to take a while. Um, let's just go. So Richmond and Gold Coast. Let's not go. Let's go Corey Ellis. I reckon that'll be a pretty niche answer 
4%. I could have done better, apparently. Um, coach, a Richmond player coached by Damien Hardwick. Oh, you, you can, <laughs> there would have been hundreds. Um, let's try and, uh, let's just go uh, Ryan Mansell, who I think is spelled with an H. Ryan Mansell. Let's just see. 1%. That's a good answer. Um, uh, a captain that was coached by Damien Hardwick. Let's just go back one. Let's go Chris Newman. Oh, you can, well, you can be a captain of... Oh, hang on. What if we went... What if we do Tom Lynch? Because he wasn't... Because people think Richmond captain. But he's a cap. He was a captain of Gold Coast and he's been coached by Dimmer. 5%. Not bad. Best and fairest for club. Coached by Damien Hardwick. Um... Oh, see, now this is, I'm just, I'm, my brain's starting to hurt. Let's just go Dion. Dion, 6%, another good one. I think if you, like, if you're sort of 5% or less, you've done pretty well. 6% is obviously not that, but all of the others, I think I've been all right. Um, now, 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 let's look at Essendon and any Essendon captain. Any Essendon captain. Let's go Brendan Goddard <laughs> because, oh, 6%. Oh, it's not a bad, I'm doing all right. I'm pretty happy with how this is going. I'm going to leave that for now because this segment's gone on just too long and I want to get back to talking about the footy. Let's talk about St. Kilda and Geelong. Let me guys, let me um know guys if you enjoyed me playing those little games on the pod because it was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm really sleepy. Okay. St. Kilda and Geelong, thank God for this. Thank God we won, and thank God we played so well. Um, So we went down to watch this game, and it was fucking epic. Oh, it was so epic, especially as the game went on. There was a couple of moments. So there was the Filippo goal It would uh, in what, the third quarter that followed like five or ten minutes of just mental football. It was insane. The ball was bouncing back and forth. There was spoils and tackles and smothers. And there was like the big crunch between Stewart and Butler. And Butler wasn't happy about it. And the ball was just going all over the place. And then we finally like get it. And we charge it up through the middle of the ground. It ends up in Filippo's hands. He snaps around the body. It goes through and everyone just went fucking mental. The release of tension that had been built up over those five or 10 minutes was unbelievable. The energy was fucking crazy. And then in the last quarter, there was the Marshall goal that sealed it late, followed moments later by the Butler goal. Just amazing. Epic, epic moments. Um, I can't believe how how we've changed our ball movement. This Our ball movement is the best I've seen it in years. Like, better than it was when we played finals a few years ago. Like, I've, I've n- not... Probably since we were playing in grand finals all those years ago, have I seen our ball movement be this good. It, it there's It's really clean a lot of the time, but there's also, like, a fair bit of chaos involved. Like, if they fuck it up, it's all right, because someone, like, gets a little hand on it, and the pressure was so enormous. I think the pressure that Dan Butler puts on the opposition is so underrated. It's so underrated. He has had an amazing year. He doesn't kick heaps of goals, but my God, he is so fast and he puts just the, he's got to be one of the best pressure players in the competition because he just harasses. He he was pivotal in how we were able to hold the ball in our forward half all fucking day long. It was so hard for Geelong to move the ball. They're switching back and forth, trying to find a way through, and they can't because Dan Butler's just chasing and running and not leaving anyone open. Oh, it was so awesome what he did. And Marshall, Marshall has been huge in so many games this year. Um, he should probably be. You know, it's you can believe me or not. You know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty one-eyed about St Kilda, obviously. But I think he's had a better year than Tim English and should probably be the All-Australian Ruckman. He won't be because he plays for St Kilda and that's that's a real you know thing that St Kilda fans deal with. Same as Owens won't win the Rising Star when he probably should. It's because he plays for St Kilda and St Kilda just get you know ignored and 
treated like, you know, everyone's least favorite child and all that and, you know, whatever. That's just, that's how it fucking rolls, I guess. Um, but Marshall's just, oh, he was so good in this game. Doesn't get an enormous number of hitouts. He's not like a hitout genius, but he's getting like 25 disposals every week. Basically, he kicks a goal every now and then, kicks a really clutch goal from a difficult angle at the end of this game. He's just been amazing to watch this year. He's really, really started to to elevate his game. It's been awesome. Um, Sinclair was, a, again, just massive in this game. Hill played a fantastic game as well. He's had a couple of really excellent performances this year, and this was one of them just... He's, he just runs all day, and sometimes he doesn't get rewarded very much, but I thought he got rewarded a fair bit. He had like 10 marks or something, 20-odd touches. He was fantastic. Um, Nasaya, just some of the best drafting that St. Kilda has done in a long time was taking him with pick seven well, two years ago now. Um, some of the things he did, he wasn't playing on Dangerfield, but it seemed like every time Dangerfield got the ball in the forward half, or the ball was kicked to him in the forward half, Nasai would just be there and just wouldn't even let the ball get to him some of the time. But he he just runs all day, all over the place. He's a big part of the reason why Sinclair's able to get into the middle of the ground because Nasai is playing such good football off half back. He's been remarkable. Um, and the last couple of weeks, Max, since he's come back you know, from his shoulder, he had six last week. He had three goals, three this week. He you know, definitely could have kicked some more, but he's just so competitive in the air, especially, but on ground level, like for a player of his size to be as agile as he is at ground level is amazing. I thought he was excellent. Um, I mentioned Butler already, but just the whole team, the whole team defense, the, oh, I was so proud and so impressed. I love Ross Lyon. I love him. <laughs> I've said many times I think he's a terrible coach and that he should be sacked. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sometimes I can't stand some of the decisions he makes, but then just, just too good. His coaching is pretty good. It's pretty good. Like I don't think Rats has us do that to Geelong on the weekend. I loved Rats. But to some coaches are just brilliant. And I think Ross just might be brilliant. I'll have to remind myself of that next time he does something that really pisses me off and I want him out because he is a genius. What he's been able to do with this list, which is pretty young still, lots of young players. Wintag was fantastic as well. Another young player. Owens, obviously had a great year. Um, Filippo been very good. Caminiti's out of the team at the moment, but he's had an excellent year. Sharman has improved as the year's gone on. Um, they bought Stocker across, and he's had most, for the most part, a pretty good year. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I'm pretty happy at the moment as a Saints fan. Our chances in finals. Look, hopefully we can be playing in Melbourne. That's what we want. There is a chance we'll be going to Sydney, obviously. Um, it just depends what happens with the other results. So we probably lose to Brisbane, let's be real. Um, but then we got to look to the other results, right? So if Sydney beat Melbourne, they will leapfrog us, I believe. And we'll have to go to Sydney to play them. Um, if they lose to Melbourne, we should stay where we are. Doesn't matter. None of the other results matter. I think that's right. Because I think the, the Giants are an extra game behind and can't finish any higher than eighth. I'm pretty sure that's right. Let's have a look at the ladder. Um, so they can, oh yeah, because Sydney had the draw. So the Giants can jump Sydney if they win and Sydney lose. Um, but they can't jump us. So the lowest we can finish is seventh. So yeah. Um, and look, there's a chance. I mean, Carlton aren't guaranteed to finish in fifth either. Like if we win somehow and Carlton lose, we can we can jump them. If Sydney win by a lot and Carlton lose by a lot, which won't happen, but it could, um, Sydney could jump up to fifth as well. Like the bottom, the, from fifth through to eighth, there is an enormous amount of different things that can happen. But I think what is most likely to happen is, um, is that St Kilda, Sydney, and the Giants all lose 
on the weekend and the the top you know the five six seven eight stays exactly as it is <laughs> i think that's probably what's going to happen um so we'll probably be playing sydney at the mcg probably um which would be huge. We beat them earlier in the year, but they're a different team now. So that'll be a that'll be a tough game. Given it's in Melbourne, I think we probably beat them. Probably. Um, but then, you know, into the next week. I can't see us beating any of those top four teams. Collingwood are probably in the in the worst form of all of them. Um, but but like even if they did end up how I always forget how that would work. So six out of six and seven, the winner of that, do they play the loser? of first and fourth or second and third. I can't remember. I really can't remember. Anyway, um, we, we could end up playing any of Brisbane, Port or Melbourne. Also could, you know, any configurations possible there. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't see us winning in a semifinal, but to win a final this year with the team that we have would just be the most unbelievable achievement um, so I'm pretty excited for September. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often as a Saints fan that you get to play in September, but we're on. It's happening. Very exciting. Um, before I move on, I haven't said a single thing about Geelong because, you know, St. Kilda's just a little bit more exciting to me. Um, I was right about the Cats. Thank God. Thank fucking God. Pre-season, I said they weren't going to make the eight. I had them finishing like 12th or something, which now looks very likely. Um, and then like when they lost their first three games, I was like, nah, they're definitely done. No chance. Thank God I was correct. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, finally, we got some different teams playing finals. Finally, finally, some different teams playing finals. No Richmond, um, no Bulldogs, most likely. Bulldogs have, you know, been there most of, you know, the last six or seven years and no Geelong. Sydney are in there again. Just, just go. I just want to fucking change it up a little bit. Um, you know, Brisbane have been in there the last five years. This will be Melbourne's third year in a row in the finals. Um, but a little bit of change is good. I'm so happy. I'll be really, really happy if the Giants can get in. I'm glad the Blues are going to be in. And I'm obviously glad that the Saints are in. All righty, let's get on to Richmond and North. Melbourne, a lot of retirees in this game. Um, it was not a bad game, given it was a dead rubber. Um, it was pretty good. Um, so the Jack Siebel stuff, oh, terrible. He, he, they really looked after him um, post-game. Like, you know, he was able to walk around the ground and be celebrated by the North fans, and he was given a lot of respect because it was sort of Richmond's day. It was at the MCG. It was Koch and Rewalt and... Then it was like, oh, Jack Siebel's also retiring. But he was given a lot of respect and it was really, really nice. And then some fucking worthless cunt just decided that he was going to bash the shit out of him outside a bar or whatever it was later on that night. He's been arrested. Thank God. Put him away forever. Fucking just coward piece of shit. Um, Jack's had surgery now on his face they messed his face up um hopefully he can make a full and speedy recovery because that is just not how you know he would have had a really good day and it just for it to end like that him and his family just terrible um jack and trent so this is jack rewald now um obviously just two of the greatest tigers ever um great leaders premiership players just amazing careers that they this game probably didn't go how they wanted it to so jack kicked one goal three and the one goal he kicked was like just messy as anything um and then trent he missed his shot on goal which is a shame so they you know they didn't get to end to have a big celebrated superstar finish but that's all right that's how it goes sometimes they've had pretty good careers about which I don't think they will complain. <laughs> so, well done, boys. Um, and yeah, it was a pretty fun game. It was, you know, North were pretty good at times, but Richmond were just a little bit um, better, as you would have expected. Dustin Martin has to be a lock for all Australian. He's kicked another three or four. Him and Bolton kicked seven between them. I haven't got it in front of me, but they one of them kicked three and one of them kicked four. <laughs> I think Dusty kicked the three. Um, but j just... 
he has had an awesome year to return to such good form after a down couple of years. He was injured. He had his dad pass away. He had a couple of rough years there. Um, and he's not back to the level he was like five years ago, but he's still playing very, very good football. I don't know how many goals he's got for the year, but it'd be quite a few. I'm actually going to check because uh, like, I can totally see him being on a, on a half forward flank in the All-Australian side. Let's have a look. Goal, kicking, tally. Dusty won't be... Gee, Jack Rewald's kicked 32 goals for the year. He still had a pretty good year in front of goal. Where is he? Where's Dusty? Where's Dusty? Give me some numbers. Give, let me look up. Players. Dustin Martin. Dustin Martin. Stats. 19 games played. Blah, blah, blah. Don't give me... He's kicked 24 goals for the year. Pretty bloody good, if you ask me. Um, and Bolton, also very good. Four goals. All righty, let's, let's move on to the Ds and the Hawks. Finn McGuinness is terrifying. Coming up against Hawthorne now, for the rest of forever, you've got to worry about who... On our team, is Finn McGuinness going to clamp? He did a job on Clayton Oliver on the weekend. On Clayton Oliver. He keeps, every week he's ruining like, you know, statistical records. He ended J fucking Jack McRae's run. Of, well, he didn't end it, but he sort of helped to end Jack McRae's run of 20 plus disposals, whatever it was. It was like 900 games where he has 20 touches every week. And he's ended um, Oliver's run of five clearances, whatever the fuck it was. Um, he just ruins players' weeks every single week. And it is great to watch, but I just don't look forward to the next time St. Kilda plays Hawthorne because he he is a superstar tagger. Like, this is um, Matt DeBoer. Um, oh, what's the, guy that, what's the guy that played for Fremantle? I've forgotten his name that no one liked. Oh, I've forgotten his name. Anyway... Excellent tagger. Really, really excellent tagger. Um, another tag that happened in this game was Melksham to Sicily, and Melksham did a really good job. Sicily needs to work on shaking these tags, right? Because he's been got a few times in the second half of the year now. He, they need to figure out a way, whether they put him in the midfield where he has played before, move him up forward, just to, just to try and shake the tag for ten, five or ten minutes um, because he becomes a liability when he isn't at his at his best. Um, Hawthorne find themselves in trouble and Melksham was fantastic, kicked a bunch of goals and he was excellent he, he seems like he's going to be really important for this finals tilt they're going on um, I was thinking about Carl Amon the other day, what a roller coaster ride of 12 months for him, so we knew in like June or July of last year that he was going to go to Hawthorne um, he was probably pretty excited about it, you know, young team, being an exciting young coach, and then he goes to them and then they just get rid of all of their experienced players. Some of them retire, they trade them out, they delist them, whatever. But it's based, it's like him, Luke Bruce, and Chad Wingard running this club, <laughs> like as the experienced players. <laughs> He's like, this isn't what was meant to happen at all. Um... And then, you know, coming to this year, like, God, like a lot of people had him on the bottom, like they're not going to win a game. Um, but now they've, what have they won? Seven or eight games? I think they've won seven games. And, you know, they're, they're being ultra competitive. They're beating teams in the top eight. Um, so I think he'd be feeling pretty good. He'd be feeling a lot better now than he was, you know, post-trade period last year. He'd be feeling a lot better lot better um just yeah just an interesting 12 months for him it would have been um melbourne just have to beat sydney on the weekend basically every team that's in the top eight has been flaky in the second half of the year no one's been perfect brisbane are probably in the best form but they still haven't been perfect either um i mean the team that's in the best form is carlton they haven't lost <laughs> they haven't lost since the bye um, but they're not going to be finishing in the top four. Of the teams in the top four, no one's been perfect. So they just need to beat Sydney. 
They need to beat Sydney and run into finals with a bit of momentum. If they can not finish fourth, that'd be really handy for them, although it looks very likely. Um, but yeah, just, you know, bit of momentum because it, it, the qualifying final is probably going to be them and Collingwood at the G in front of 100,000 people. Um, and Collingwood are going to be looking to bounce back out of the terrible form they've been in. So it's going to be a huge game. Melbourne just need to remind themselves that they can seriously play because Sydney are playing very well at the moment. Um, I think the game's in Sydney as well. So Melbourne are going to have to travel and earn this victory. They just, they just need to go up there and win. Speaking of, no, I've already talked about them. Let's do, let's do um, Gold Coast and Carlton. This is another interesting one. I'll tell you one thing. Charlie Curnow, ready for finals. What a superstar. What a dynamic, excellent player. Just just how he could... So when the Blues were in real trouble in that first half, just to put the whole team on your back and kick four goals and get them right back in it, just all by yourself. Um, like, I know, I know he took that mark right at the end of the game, but that's he just took a mark. Like, yeah, he was in the right place, right time. He did well. Took a mark, but he just took a mark, right? It was, it was what he. It was everything else that he did in the game that I thought was really impressive. Um, yeah, God, he he just seems ready to be the front man for the Blues heading into September and just cause a lot of headaches for opposition sides. He is a superstar, and it looks like he's going to win the Coleman for the second year in a row, which doesn't happen very often. You think, you know, there's loads of players that have got a handful of Coleman medals. You think it, it, it's very rare that players win them back-to-back. Let me do a quick Google to back up what I just said. Coleman. Is this, this is great um, podcasting stuff where I just Google shit and I read it out as I Google it. Coleman medal, Wikipedia. Give me winners. Re- uh, re- recipients? You don't receive it, you win it. Um, sure. All right, let's... No, don't want pictures. All right, let's just start from the year 2000 and see how many people have won it two years in a row. So Matthew Lloyd won it two years in a row to start off the century. Fraser Gehrig won it two years in a row, 2004, 2005. And then... Josh Kennedy won it two years in a row, 15, 16. And that's it. So only three times this century has it been one back-to-back. So like Lance Franklin, who's got bloody eight of them or however many he's got, five, none back-to-back. Jack Rewalt, who's got three of them, none of them back-to-back. Um, who else we got? Favola, not back-to-back, you know. Um so this will be an enormous achievement, I think. To win the Coleman medal two years in a row um, is an excellent effort. Paddy Dow has been in excellent form the last few weeks as well. Seems like he's coming to St Kilda. Very happy to have him. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, Gold Coast. Gold Coast are really good in this game. They're finishing the year really strong. They've got himself a new coach, which is very, very exciting. Um they got a young player in Sam Flanders who's had more disposals in the last month than any other player in the competition. Um, I didn't even know who he was until like earlier this year. Um, David Swallow kicked four goals. Thought that deserved a mention as well, the old fella. Four goals to go with his 20-odd disposals. Pretty good game from him. Um, let's talk Dimmer, right? This is this is the big news. This is, so the Blues secured their spot in the finals. Charlie Kern had a big day, whatever. The Suns have got Dimmer. I'm still surprised a little bit that he's done this, given how they treated his mate um, and having no security that they won't do the same thing to him if you know they don't get the results they expect. Um, he was a little bit cold around um, getting questions to do with Stewie, I thought. I thought that was interesting. Um, he said that 80% of their next or of their um, first, I should say, premiership side is in the team right now. 
How many players? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, so they have 48 fucking players on their list. Jesus Christ. Um, well, 80% of them are going to be, you know, part of their next premiership team. I feel really, really bad for the nine and a half of them that won't be there. <laughs> Just me being funny with some maths. Um, I think they've got a really good list and I think, you know, there's no reason to not expect finals next year. I expect them to play finals this year. Um, not the case, but yeah, I think, I think Dim is an excellent coach and I think the Suns are going to be a real, I think they can turn metric on whatever the fuck it's called now into a fortress. And I think they can be really exciting to watch as well. Let's get on to, let's go back to Friday night. I still haven't talked about Friday night panic stations. For the pies, this is a they, they got serious issues. This isn't like a little bit of personnel problems, little couple of problems here and there. They're, they're going poorly in like every fucking area, right? Like forward half turnovers, ball movement, um, inside fifties, scoring from inside fifties, they, they and like fifteen other important metrics. They are struggling in so hard that they got to fix this right away. They can't. They can't wait. Oh, we'll just see how we go in the qualifying final. No, they need to destroy Essendon on Friday night. They need to demolish them. They need to go back to playing the football they were playing in the first half of the year, or all, all their hard work is going to be for nothing really quickly. Like that, you know, they'll still get to a prelim, but if, if they don't fix all these problems they're having, they won't get beyond that. Teams are starting to figure them out. They they got to change it up. I've got complete faith in Craig McRae. He's a fantastic coach. Um, but gee whiz, they got to fix it very quickly. It's a, it's amazing. You know, when it was like the middle of the year and they would, they were well on top. They're like three games clear. You got gee whiz, oh, it's going to be the, the Pies are going to win the premiership. But what we see every single year is you don't want to be on top of the ladder in the middle of the year. That's not when you want to be in good form. And we see it all the time. Teams struggle to maintain such dominant form throughout the entire year. Melbourne, uh, uh, last year, what year is it? Last, last year, won the first 10 games or whatever and then fell away. Um, you can say Carlton last year as well were very, very good in the first half of the year and fell right away. So we can definitely say that, you know, Collingwood are in a bit of trouble unless they can fix things up. Like history is not on their side at all. Um, Brisbane are humming at the moment. They're going quite well. Again, like I said, not perfect. Like most other teams in the eight, not perfect. Um, but this is a great win to get in Melbourne. They'll be lucky it wasn't at the MCG. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were, they were fantastic. Loved the Devin Robinson moment. He got himself a good boost in the Instagram and Twitter followers. All the ladies like, oh, that was quite funny um, to watch. They need to beat St. Kilda. Now, this is me putting my unbiased cap back on Brisbane need to beat St. Kilda because this is their chance. Secure the home the two home finals. They've been they've been in the top four or you know top eight the last five years and haven't got beyond a prelim. Get yourself the two home finals and get into the grand final. They gotta beat St. Kilda on the weekend. St. Kilda are in really good form. It won't be easy. Um but they should do it. They just have to. Alrighty. Oh, this is a long podcast. You're probably going to be playing all those games halfway through. <laughs> Fremantle and Port Adelaide. This was really good fixturing because this was the last game on Sunday night and just no one gave a shit about it. the weekend that had been. This game was like, just who gives a fuck? I don't even, I didn't even watch much of it at all. Um, Port just got the job done. Couple of goals. You know, good job. Well done. <laughs> like, 
They just had to, and they did. Um, their midfield is going to carry them deep into September. I don't know if they can get to the grand final. I don't know, but Butters and Rosie and Horn Francis to go with Wines, who's still playing pretty good football. He's a Brownlow medalist only a couple of years ago, and everyone's forgetting about him. Um, he's playing good football as well. They they aren't perfect at either end of the ground. I think their forward line's quite good. Their back line could do with some some work. Um but their midfield is so good that those three or four guys are so powerful and so talented. Um, well, I think I think that's your the, your best starting on ballers in the competition. Like I, I think that they're better now than um, Oliver Petrarca and Viney. Gee whiz, are they? Did I just say that? <laughs> At least on par with Petrarca, Oliver and Viney. They're very, very good, um, these young port mids. They'll be barracking pretty hard for St Kilda to beat Brisbane so that they can leapfrog, leapfrog them and they can get the two home finals. Um, I think because, you know, the likely outcome is that Brisbane finish second. I think because of that, it will be hard for Port Adelaide. Um, they're going to have to travel probably to the Gabba. In the first week of the finals, that'll be tough. But yeah, they just they just gotta they gotta get the job done against Richmond as well, obviously. Um but yeah, they'll be hoping that St Kilda can upset the Lions. Um Fremantle are gonna finish fourteenth or fifteenth, probably fifteenth, given the Suns have got North Melbourne. Um and they've got I forget who they've got, but they're probably not gonna win. <laughs> I think they have to come to Melbourne. I think it's Hawthorne. I think Hawthorne have beat him at the MCG. Um they're, they're much better at the moment than 14th or 15th. Like, are they going to finish bottom four? Are they going to be the other team down there with West Coast and North and Hawthorne? Um, they've definitely improved in the last month of the year, which is a good sign. Like, they didn't just completely fall in a heap um, in the second half of the year. They've been an enormous disappointment, but there are positive signs looking ahead to next year, um, for sure. If they can beat Hawthorne at the MCG next week, that's a really great way to end their year. I don't think they will, um, but that'll be an inch. That'll actually be, for, for the dead rubbers, of which there are a few next week, this will actually be a pretty interesting one to watch. Alrighty, that is all of the games. There was so much to talk about out of that big, big round of footy. My big call for this week, I think before finals, they're going to change something to do with the score review. They obviously can't overhaul it. They can't get cameras in. They can't change a whole heap of the rules, but I think they're going to change something. They're going to tweak it. Maybe they introduce... No, they can't do that. Maybe that. Maybe they just start heavily encouraging the umpires to review scores, even if they're basically 100% sure. I don't know. They're going to do something because they. if, if a final is affected by the score review system, that's it. It's over. Right, this this whole season is a waste of time if we can't actually find out who the best team is. That that's the the we've already what what has already happened is a fucking catastrophe. But if a final, oh, the dogs are barking. Oi! They're, they're like right outside this wall, and when they bark, it's pretty easy to hear. Um, but if if a final is affected by the score review, that's it. Like it's. The bit, the, that'd be one of the worst things to happen in the AFL in a long time. Just it'd be so grossly unjust. So they, I think they'll do something. That's my big call. They they will come up with something that doesn't totally change it. They'll save that for the off season. They will find a way to tweak it and you know minimize the risk is what I think will happen. Alrighty, thank you heaps for listening to that one, guys. Bit of a long one, but that's. The way the cookie crumbles. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment, leave a review, tell your friends. Um, did you enjoy listening to me play games on my phone for a little bit there? I, I sure had a bit of fun. <laughs> Alrighty, I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.